Refuel with new Synergy gasoline. Developed in the same ExxonMobil research lab as F1 fuels, new Synergy gasoline has been through and passed some of the most stringent tests ever developed, making it Exxon and Mobil's most tested fuel ever. Synergy gasoline is engineered with seven key ingredients, including dual detergents to help keep your engine cleaner. New Synergy gasoline, only available at Exxon and Mobil. Energy lives here. Visit exxon.com, uh, exxon.com, or mobile.com, mobil.com, for more information. Welcome to the Ringer MLB Show. My name is Mallory Rubin. I'm the deputy editor of the absolutely wonderful website called TheRinger.com. Love for you to check it out and then check it out again and again and again. And I am joined today, or more accurately, I am joining today, Michael Bauman, Ringer staff writer, outstanding human being, and my long-lost podcast co-host. It's been a while. Hey, buddy. Hey, Ben. You sound really different today. Wow. I mean, that's that's hurtful. <laughs> Ben, uh, Ben can't be with us today because Ben is is really, really hard at work trying to name his new puppy, and that's an important thing in a person's life. And we want to, as, as good colleagues and as good friends, we want to give him time and space to focus on what matters. Yeah. Um, well, Ben made two mistakes. One is adopting a dog that now he's got to take care of and take outside every time it wants to use the bathroom for. You know, if you're lucky, the next decade or more. And the second big mistake he made was asking the internet for suggestions on on what to call it. So, you mean because he should have just asked us because we're well, he, we're naming you know, experts. You know, the internet's never given anybody any good ideas. I, I'm really not a you know I've got a cat and I call it dog most of the time, so I'm probably not the right person to ask about this. Well, I call your cat Ali because that is his name, and he is wonderful and deserves to be treated with love <laughs> and respect. If he keeps peeing on the carpet, his name's going to be something else. But maybe he's peeing on the carpet because you're not showing him respect. Did you ever think of that? Yeah. How about that? I'm sure our listeners are just thrilled by how this has started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe they're panicking. And you know what? That, that, gets, uh, that gets us to today's topic, which is panic, specifically how panicked certain factions should be right now on Tuesday, August 23rd, as we head into baseball's stretch run. So, Michael, today we're going we're gonna to chat about five people, places, or things and, uh, and, and discuss how anxious those teams or players or fans should be. So we're, we're going to start with something uh, close to my heart. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to sort of outline the case for panic. I'm going to share some, some key details, some core facts, and then you are going to pass judgment and tell me and the listeners whether there's really cause for concern or whether everybody should just take a chill pill and enjoy this beautiful game. So let's start with... Uh, my Baltimore Orioles. I know that'll, that'll shock everyone. Michael, times are tough. I'm concerned. The O's have fallen to third place. They're currently two games behind the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, as every Blue Jay listener uh, has let me know repeatedly on Twitter. And that's rough. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Uh, the O's do currently hold the, the second wild card, but only just. The masses are, are hot on their heels. The Mariners are only one game back now. The Tigers are three back. The Astros are three and a half out. And, and, and hideously, the Royals are now only four back. We're going to talk about the Royals a little more later, so let's, let's, let's save that. Um, and here's the thing. 
This is, this is not really a revelation. This is not really shocking, but it is very real and very problematic. There's no pitching. The starting rotation is a debacle. Wade Miley, who was the, the quote, I'm going to use the biggest, rudest air quotes you've ever seen here, <laughs> even though you can't see them, big move at the trade deadline is, I mean, the only thing big about him is that he is a heaping pile of human garbage. Wow. <laughs> is a 9.53 ERA since joining the team. He has allowed 28 hits and 18 earned runs in 17 innings. He struck out 13 batters in that time. That is quite poor. But as bad as that's been, like I wasn't expecting much out of Wade Miley, so it's a sort of a, yeah, I told you so kind of thing. The, the real concern for me is Chris Tillman. Something's off. He's hurt, yeah, clearly. He, he missed a week due to shoulder discomfort, and then he came back, and he allowed six runs in three innings against the Astros this weekend. That is poor. He says that he's not hurt, but you just watch him, and you see that he is not right. They cannot win without him. I mean, Giovanni Gallardo is, is, is still rocking an ERA north of five and, and, and more alarmingly, a FIP that's also north of five. You know, I believe in the young guys. I have been team Kevin Gassman Gaussman for as long as he's been in the organization. <laughs> he's been a real hard luck loser this year. Very low run support, but the stuff is there. We all know it's there. And Dylan Bundy has been incredible. I mean, it, it's not really fair or accurate to say that he's been a revelation, right? Because this is actually what we thought he would be when they drafted him, but because of the injuries, because of the setbacks, because of the struggles that he's had out of the bullpen at the major league level, those dreams faded. And right now at this moment, he's, he's far and away the best pitcher on the staff. So if he keeps it up, that's, that's better than anyone they could have realistically acquired via trade at the deadline, but it's not enough. And that's really scary. I mean, we've talked a lot on our website recently about Zach Britton, my favorite human, if he really is in the Cy Young and MVP discussion at season's end, he will have earned it because this team literally cannot afford to blow a game at this point. You know, Trumbo's homering, Manny's being Manny, Chris Davis is heating up a bit, the power stroke has returned in the last week or so, but the pitching is genuinely terrifying and so is the remaining schedule. You know, that, that kind of stuff can cut both ways because remaining games against the Blue Jays and Red Sox mean that there's a chance to gain ground against the, the teams that are directly ahead, but it, it also means that it's a really hard slate and a, a real challenge. So, you know, I'm hopeful I haven't given up, but I am inching toward a 10 on the, on the panic meter here. Please talk me off the ledge. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk you back out over the ledge a little bit first. Oh, God. <laughs> brought up, Tillman is the one that really scares me as well yeah. because, like, he's – I think he's a really underrated starting pitcher uh, and he's been the best pitcher on uh, Orioles playoff teams in the past. And if he gets hurt, that's really the domino. I think that's the the one that they can't come back from. The other thing is, and this is something that uh, Ben and Sam Miller talked about on effectively wild uh, due to a, a baseball perspectives article uh, from Kat Garcia, who I don't, or I don't know if you saw it, but uh, in case you didn't, Dylan Bundy is losing velocity. And uh, his status as the Orioles' third reliable starting pitcher is um, is in jeopardy. So I don't know if that means that he has to go back to the bullpen or you know what they're going to do uh, with him or how Tillman shakes out or how how Gaussman's going to hold up. But I will say this: they're still in a playoff spot right now. There's only about a week until rosters expand and that you know that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to get a lot of help but they can 
get out of those uh, weeks starting or as week starts earlier, go to the bullpen sooner without worrying about burning not only Britain, but Brad Brock and Michael Givens. Darren O'Day is going to come back at some point. Um, if I were Buck Showalter, I would lean heavy, particularly in non-Tillman, non-Gassman starts toward erring on the side of get the, the starter out of there after maybe even twice through the, the lineup if you've got a bigger bullpen to fall back on. But on the other hand, you're you're still in a playoff spot right now. So here here's instead of putting a number, I think we rely too much on numbers in baseball. Uh, in, instead of thinking for ourselves, I'm I'm bringing up real world scenarios that should approximate how much panic you should feel. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I was uh, it was the night of a a formal dance, and I was I had to pick up my. Oh date my god! Are bath. you about to tell us how you lost your virginity? No, absolutely no, not. Damn it's, it! Well. No, no, it's not even close to that. And I'm ironing my, my suit pants. And because I'm a teenager and I had no idea what I was doing, I had the iron on too high and I just see smoke rising from them and I melted my pants. So that panic that I felt right there should be what you're feeling right now. However, I was able to drive around the corner to Kohl's and pick up a new pair of pants and, and pick up my date on time. And, you know, I was only a couple minutes late. And everything could be okay if the Orioles play their cards right, but they could wind up, I guess, not losing their their virginity in a manner of speaking because they burned <laughs> a hole in their uh, artificial textile pants. My God, that was vivid. Um, it only gets better from here. Well, I, I'm I'm really excited to to see what what else we have in store. Uh, I the only other thing I'll add to the those thing is that you know as you said they really need Darren O'Day back. Not having him in the bullpen is is a huge problem because it's just you're leaving these starters in just a shade longer than you should, and it's 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 leading to bad results. I'm not panicking about the Bundy velocity thing yet because even though they're they're clearly managing his pitch count and managing his his workload. I think moving him up a day, not not the most recent start, but the one before that, to compensate for t- missing Tillman's start when he was out with the discomfort, that clearly messed him up. Something was off there. He's very routine-oriented. That's what I'm telling myself. Just let me have this. Okay. I'm going to talk I'm, myself I'm into everything being okay. Like it's, it's, what we're going to discover today is it's not in my nature to panic, and I'm, I'm panicking a little bit about this. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, let's talk about another young pitcher, shall we? Okay. Steven Strasburg, who went on the disabled list yesterday – as literally right as a group of ringer editors were sitting around discussing how amazing and mesmerizing and awe-inspiring his season has been. Uh, he is he is on the, the disabled list with elbow soreness. And at the most basic level, elbow soreness is always reason to panic for a pitcher. Doubly so, I think, when it's when it's happening to an ace during a pennant run, right? Triply so when that ace just signed a $175 million contract extension and quadruply so when that ace has has already had Tommy John surgery so you know that is that is scary but but let's look at the actual details and not just panic based off the headline the details that we know are that he he said his elbow felt quote stiff three days after a recent poor start he reportedly said that he felt he could keep pitching, right? He thought he could mm-hmm. keep going, that he didn't need to go on the disabled list. But the Nationals didn't want to risk it. They're being smart and cautious as they have a long history of being with him in particular. They also have an eight-game lead in the division right now. So it's not like they have any reason to put him out there and put him in harm's way. It makes sense to put him on the shelf, let him rest, let him hopefully recuperate and come back strong for October. I think the question is, 
How worried should they be that maybe he won't be back in October or that there's something going on here that is a problem beyond just this season? And and that's the thing. It like baseball perspectives has stress or has the Nationals at ninety nine point eight percent to make the playoffs this year. There and not only that, they've got Tanner Rourke, they've got Max Scherzer, who's been even better in Strasburg this season. They're they're fine. They're on the beach in terms of getting into the playoffs this year. The issue is, like you said, elbow like anything anytime you say elbow with a, a pitcher that good who's already had Tommy John surgery, it's a little scary. And I used to be one of those guys who used to say or do the Oh, the, the forearm tightness used to be the first thing right. always before Tommy John. And I'd say, oh, forearm tightness, he's got a UCL tear. He's going to get Tommy John surgery in three months, and he's going to miss the next 18. And I've made a conscious decision to stop doing that, you know, to to be more reactive in terms of... Because you're trying to be a more positive person or because it stopped because being I'm gonna, true? Because I'm going to... Well, I think there's... it's a. I think it's a pattern... And there's definitely something to it, but it's something that even if it's true in a majority of cases, which I, I don't have any numbers in front of me, I'm not convinced it is, it's not true in all cases. And I think that right. uh, we need to be a little less obsessed with, not obsessed, but concerned with generalizability, particularly in uh, in situations like this with, with pitchers like Strasburg. So the, he said there, the report from Joel Sherman says there's no structural damage. The Nationals don't need Strasburg. They just need innings. And they've got A.J. Cole. They could bring Giolito back up. They've got plenty of guys who can just take that turn in the rotation until October. And they can ease Strasburg back at his own pace. But if it is something that turns into um, something, you know, into a second Tommy John, the first Tommy John is almost routine at this point. The second Tommy John is potentially career ending, which is concerning for fans of baseball who like watching Steven Strasburg pitch, but also for the Nationals who just signed him to a $175 million contract. Right. So where I'm at right now is if I were a Nationals fan, I would have just arrived at a restaurant for a blind date. <laughs> and she's about 10 minutes late. But there's no cell service, which means it's probably fine. You know, she might have even been 10 minutes late on purpose just to make sure she's not sitting there like an asshole alone at the at the restaurant waiting for you. But at the same time, you don't know if she's coming or if you're and after a while, you start doubting if you're even at the right restaurant and there's no way to tell. You're just sitting there just sort of twiddling your thumbs. You can't even, you know, act like you're. You're getting a text because everybody knows there's no cell service and you're just after a while you're just that guy at the at the table alone and you just gotta wait it out. What are you drinking while you wait? God, I'm I'm trying only to drink one bourbon and ginger. <laughs> if it's ten minutes, then you know, then then I'm not panicking. If it gets to I don't know. Am I the kind this is like I've just realized I might be the kind of guy who would order a second drink like stay that long when he's obviously getting stood up well i mean judging just by the fact that your <sighs> first two that your first two examples are sort of about dates you might have had I'd, I'd say that's possible uh and i definitely hope this is a theme for the rest of the show oh man <laughs> this is very revealing and wonderful i love getting to know you it's it's always it's always such a such a treat Next, next time I'm just going to go with the new, new numbers are great. Numbers are absolutely the <laughs> way forward. We'll be back right after a quick word from our sponsors. Introducing new Synergy Gasoline, Exxon and Mobile's most tested fuel ever. 
It's been through and passed some of the most stringent tests ever developed. Developed in the same ExxonMobil research lab as our F1 fuels, new Synergy gasoline is engineered by chemists who understand the science behind keeping engines clean and know the complexities of modern car technology. That's why it's formulated to keep modern fuel injectors clean while still working great on older engines. New Synergy is also engineered with seven key ingredients, each with its own unique function to help make Synergy ExxonMobil's best fuel ever, including dual detergents to help clean your engine and corrosion inhibitor designed to help prevent rust from threatening your engine and its performance. Refuel with New Synergy gasoline today. Only available at the almost 11,000 Exxon and Mobil stations across the U.S. Energy lives here. Visit exxon.com, exxon.com, or mobile.com, mobil.com for more information. We're also brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house, has sleep design, and is delivered in a small how-did-they-do-that size box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft breathable sheets. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines springy latex and supportive memory bones for a sleep surface that's just got the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home, tr- home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. I've got a Casper mattress. I was a little skeptical that any mattress could improve your your quality of your sleep and by extension the quality of your life that much. It is beyond my wildest expectations. I sleep better. I go to sleep faster. It's more comfortable. It's somehow both soft and supportive. So if I'm just sitting up in bed, it's still... Yeah, it's not like I'm sinking into it like a marshmallow. It's just an incredible mattress um, and well worth the price. Mattresses can often cost well over $1,500. The Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin size mattress, $600 for a twin XL, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. Ringer MLB Show listeners can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash MLB using offer code MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Michael, while we're talking about injured pitchers, let's discuss the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have a lot of them. We uh, have spent quite a bit of time this season talking about the Giants. And despite that, despite the amount of uh, attention the Giants have dominated, the Dodgers are actually in first place. They are in first place in the NOS on August 23rd. They're only one up, but that is better than being one down. And they deserve a lot of credit for being in first right now. Fairly or unfairly, it feels at least to me like the entire season for the Dodgers has been about two things, Puig and Kershaw being hurt. And I think that's part of it because we're focusing on these negative storylines. There's not a lot of attention being paid to the fact that they are actually in contention and on pace to win the division. The thing is, the Kershaw storyline is very real and very important. He is the best pitcher, not only on the team, but in baseball, and he has not been pitching. He recently threw off of a mound. He reportedly flew to join the the team in Cincinnati. And he said, best of all, that he feels, quote, 100%. He's eligible to come off the disabled list later in the week on August 27th. There's no official word yet from the team on what the actual plan is. But the questions are pretty obvious. How long can they actually survive without him if they don't want to rush him back? What 
are they going to do if he's not the same when he returns or if, God forbid, he actually hurts himself again? And then, of course, what are they going to do about the rest of the rotation? Because it's not just Kershaw. It's a plague. Rich Hill, who they traded for at the deadline and was considered the, the top pitching prize available in the market, has not yet pitched for this team. He has this blister that is like, I don't know, the most potent blister in human history. Like the amount of time that he's missed from this blister is astonishing. And I swear that's only like 90% fueled by the fact that I own him on all of my fantasy teams. And I'm bitterly disappointed that I've lost him. Mm. Um, Alex Wood, not expected back until mid-September following an elbow procedure. So who knows if he's, he's in the mix at all. Ryu finally came back into our lives after being gone for what felt like forever. And then he went back on the disabled list after just one start, this time with elbow tendinitis. He's not coming back this year. It's very upsetting. Brandon McCarthy also came back from a long DL stint. He had been on uh, recovering from Tommy John. He is also back on the DL. Is it his hips? Is it, is it mechanics? What's going on there? Is, is, is everyone on the team curse? And amazingly, that's not it. Brett Anderson also finally returned after being on the disabled list for quite a long time and also is already back on the shelf because of a blister. So that is a lot of injured pitchers. One of them, as we said, happens to be the best pitcher in baseball. How worried should Dodgers fans be not only about holding on in the race, but about actually being able to compete in the postseason if they're able to make it? I think you got everybody. I'm not 100% positive. Like I probably didn't. That's how that's how severe it is. So it this feels worse than it is. And the this is how how panicked you should you should be. When I was in college, I went to uh, Disney World on fall break with a, a bunch of my friends, and I was driving my friend's minivan, which was a like a 15 year old Dodge Caravan named Bernice, back up I 95 from Florida to South Carolina, and one of the tires went, and I was doing like 75 miles an hour, and the I I got one of those like moments of of real spiritual clarity when that you get when you're convinced you're gonna die but i got it over like i got it over to the side everybody was fine we got a new you know got towed to to an auto shop and got a um got a new tire i ran over a, a pile of fire ants on the way oh my but, yeah but so it was really unpleasant but everything was fine and the worst the worst was over very quickly and i think that's where the dodgers are right now i think the the if if Kershaw really threw that bullpen session, he's really 100%. Hill's supposed to make that that start this week. If that's where it is right now, even oh, and and uh, Scott Casimir, um, that's right, just did something to to his back, I think. Yeah, back and his his neck, his back um, is is what's ailing Casimir. But let's say let's say Hill and Kershaw both come back in the next couple weeks. Then the rotation right now is um is kershaw is hill it's julio Urias, who's looking pretty good right now after kind of a bumpy start is kent maeda who's been uh, i think better than anybody could have reasonably expected and then i don't know bud norris or something you know who really cares but kershaw and hill won two at the start of a playoff rotation you know that's that's pretty good that'll that you can um, expect to win at least one of those games against any one-two combination in baseball. And meanwhile, uh, BP has them at 94% to make the playoffs right now. So I think the worst realistic case or the realistic worst case scenario right now is they're in that wild in the, 
um, the National League wildcard game. And, the, you know, the Giants just pick off a game or two ahead of them, which is not out of the question. And then they have Kershaw Hill going um, because I think with the Mets falling off the way they have, I, the Pirates are sort of hanging on. The Marlins are sort of hanging on. Like, I think the, the Dodgers and Cardinals are, are relatively safe in those two wild card spots, even if the Dodgers don't make the playoffs. So I think this has been scary. This has been bumpy. This has been absolutely unpredictable, but I think the worst is behind the Dodgers right now. Did the fire ants that you ran over burrow into the apparatus of the vehicle, make it like a nest of some sort in your tires and then come back out later, just when you thought you were safe to bite you in painful and distressing fashion? Is this a metaphor? It might be. <laughs> it just feels, I don't know. It just has the feeling of the kind of season for the Dodgers where just when it seems like something is better, Ryu coming back, McCarthy coming back, Anderson coming back, another terrible thing, Hill being acquired, right? It's like, yeah. it's a series of, of it's, it's the classic step forward, step back. Like there has been good news. There have been positive signs, but then bad things keep happening too. At the end of the day, if you have a healthy Kershaw, you are better positioned than any other team because you have him and no one else does, but right. they've also had him the last, his entire career and they don't have a world series to show for it. So a healthy Kershaw isn't a certainty and it's also, it's not enough without and a supporting I, cast. And I'll, I'll say this too. Like I, I say, don't panic because I think Kershaw and Hill are close to coming back. If neither of them does, I think this whole thing is academic. Right. So like, that's the, this is based not only, not really on, they'll be fine if Kershaw and Hill don't come back. It's based on my belief that they will. I respect your optimism. I really do. Um, this is weird. I'm not used to being the optimistic one. I like it. A little role reversal. Keep, yeah. keep everyone guessing. Keep our, keep our relationship fresh. You know, what, uh, speaking about something that is, is not fresh, the Royals, right? Cause I, I am sick I'm of the Royals. I'm not going with you on this one. I am I'm... sick of them, Michael. And so I want to know how panicked Royals haters like yours truly should be. Those of us who are suffering from Royals fatigue after the last two seasons of nothing but Royals coverage and Royals love, are we in for it again? That's what I want to know because the Royals have won eight in a row. This is horrible. They're back in the race. How did that happen? They're not going to catch the Indians, barring an implosion in Cleveland, which, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, Cle it's Cleveland, so it's, it's yeah. always possible. But in theory, the Indians have the division on lock. So this is really about the wild card race. And as we briefly mentioned earlier, the, the Royals are well and truly alive in the wild card race, kind of out of nowhere. So... I guess let's let's uh, you know approach this in two ways. One, do you think the Royals are really back in it? Do you think they're going to make a push for a wild card spot? And 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 relatedly, how panicked should uh, everyone who's sick of the Royals be? I I don't know how you got sick of the Royals this quickly. Ugh. Like they were a complete non-factor for thirty years, and Ugh. then after two two years of Jordano Ventura, you're just you're just rolling your eyes. You're out. I'm done. This is just sick okay. of it. So Keep your on, on, golden jerseys. I'm good. Oh, I love the golden jerseys. In, in soccer, if you win the Champions League or the, the World Cup, you get a patch that you get to wear on your jerseys until somebody takes the title away from you. I think we should do this in baseball. I, I think, like that I, idea. Yeah, I think we should. I, it might slow Lorenzo Kane down a little bit if he had to wear a literal title belt, but I'm fine I think with we, it. Should, we should do something yeah, like that. Wor worthwhile trade-off. So they're, they're in it, I guess. Um, 
and you know you've seen you know Wade Davis is is on his way back, and it's not you know your uh, Edison Volquez and Chris Young have turned into monsters in the playoffs out of nowhere. So like they're they're sort of unkillable. Or I I could get why you'd understand that they're unkillable rather, but here's here's what I'd liken it to. There's a a joke or a, a B plot that shows up. It seems like at least once in every Aaron Sorkin TV show, where somebody's at a, a fancy dinner party and confuses Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan, and in front of somebody he's, he's trying to impress, and then spends the next like three days worrying about it and makes it worse. So this is like that in a couple respects. First of all, it is a really fucking stupid thing to be worried about. <laughs> they're, you know, they're getting back in the race. Baseball Prospectus has them at 4.4% to make the playoffs, 2.2% to make the divisional round. And that's up in the past seven days by 3.6 percentage points. Like this, this is not, this is not the 2011 Cardinals yet. So I like, I don't know why you'd be, I don't know why you'd be sick of the Royals in the first place. But even if you were, I, I think it's premature. I, you know, I'd like to see them get a little bit closer to the the actual playoff race. Although, you know, I I think about this now, B, uh, BP's projections have traditionally underrated the Royals. That's right. So maybe maybe this number should be a little bit, a little bit higher. Just look at Ranny's Twitter feed, and you'll understand why. This is very distressing for me. You know, a, a dear colleague and friend actively rooting against my O's so that He's his Royals. On the, he is. On the he really is. Haven't, haven't they had enough? That's what I say. Um, let's talk a bit about some fans who, who haven't had enough. Mets fans. They can't get enough. Can't get enough. Mets fans allow themselves to believe, Michael, that after making it to the World Series last year, they might be able to do it again. Here has, here's what they have done instead. The Mets have gone 500. They are currently 11 games back in the NL East. They are four and a half back in the wild card. The, the Giants and Cardinals hold the, the two positions right now, and the Marlins and Pirates are ahead of the Mets in the hunt. Steven Matz just went on the disabled list with tightness in his throwing shoulder, even for a young pitcher with a long injury history and a, a long record this season it's alone. Not even, of, it's not even the joint we were worried about. Exactly. Either. That's what I was just going to say. Of all, of all the injury concerns that have popped up from this year, this is particularly distressing because it's new and shoulder injuries are always terrifying. Here's my question. Yo is back. He has three homers in the last two games. Is it time for Mets fans to officially give up on another dream season or can Yo save them again? Well, I didn't think he was going to do it the first time, so I guess nothing's <laughs> impossible. But so here's where I am with the Mets. Like that that team was so last year was so lightning in the bottle and Terry Collins has just I mean, we're on we're on Terry Collins firing watch right now, which brings to mind Jerry Manuel, you know, that's a yeah. a uh, um, a great precedent for the the Mets making a panic mar- uh, managerial move, but the, like they've lost Harvey, they're for reasons passing understanding not playing Michael Conforto. Terry Collins is is putting out bizarre lineups right now and expecting Cespedes or Jay Bruce to to have that incredible last two months again. Um, where I'd put it right now is if you're a Mets fan, you've jumped out of an airplane and you've had that thrill of the world series run that rush that wind against your face and you've just pulled the ripcord 
on your parachute and it's come off in your hand and nothing is happening. And you've got two are, options. Are right you now. are you skydiving on a date? No, Whoa. I would. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, Carry not, on. You're not, you're not bringing anybody else down with you. This is just something you're doing to yourself. And you, but you look at the ripcord in your hand, and you can see the earth rushing up at you. And you know, there's there's just so much else that can go wrong. Like I've I've written and filed two different Noah Syndergaard is going to have Tommy John surgery pieces this year, which actually might be that we, going back to the Strasburg thing. Yeah. Because I've been, I've uh, I've fallen for the ball fake so many times on on a Syndergaard uh, getting hurt. That might be why I'm trying to be a little more Zen about Strasburg this time around, but I like it learning from our past mistakes. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll find new mistakes to make. That's this right. That's the spirit. What growing up is like new bourbons to drink alone. Yeah, You can, well, <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> so you can either fight it. You can, you can panic. You can try to, uh, I don't, I don't even know what there what there would be to do in a situation like that. Or you can just accept it and sort of try to be like there are so many more things to life than than baseball, particularly in Mets baseball. And the, wow. the Nationals are so subtle, far but off. fierce dig right there from a Phillies fan. But the Nationals are so far off the front and the, the Cardinals and Dodgers, I think, are, are coming together at the right time. It's it's just just accept it and and try to you know take the death of this season peacefully and you know don't let the failure to repeat uh drown out the good memories of that run of the world series in 2015 i think we just everybody needs to be calm you are a calming presence for this podcast which i appreciate and uh, i have to say it was just delightful to be back here with you again today yeah i um your presence was great. I think I'm, I've got uh, some some things to look back at about my own performance. Some, some things I may have discovered about myself that your your uh, your performance on a date. Or... I might have to work out. I might have to work out before the uh, the next podcast. <laughs> this was wonderful. You're the best. Hopefully, Dylan Bundy will continue to be the best, and the Orioles will ride into uh, into the World Series, and everyone will rejoice. Yeah. Until next time, my friend. 